Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. This is John Burroughs, your host for Your Financial Fitness, and our topic today is fitness for your mind, body, and spirit. Our leading lady today is Charlene Lawrence, who is the executive, chief executive acupuncturist and owner of Empire Wellness Center. And I am very pleased to have this interview today. I feel privileged because this is a subject matter that is near and dear to my heart. With no further ado here, I just want to welcome Charlene to our show. Welcome, Charlene, and say hello to our listening audience, please. Hi, John. Thank you, and I am excited to be here. So we want to start off right away just to kick this off with a little background um, information about yourself because I know from previous discussions and having watched you in your recent Sue Talk as one of the participants there in the Inland Empire here about a month ago, roughly, that uh, you are well-versed in it and considerable education in the field of acupuncture and other forms of health and wellness caring. So just give us a little background. How did you end up down this path? What brought you to this juncture in the road that's made you say, hey, this is something I have to do? I do not have a standard path to becoming an acupuncturist. I would say that the majority of my colleagues either grew up around acupuncture, as in they are a multi-generational family of acupuncturists, or most often people become acupuncturists because acupuncture played a major role in the improvement of their health. That is not my story. I was on the path to become an accountant. I was, yes, very, very different. I like to joke that it's the, I'm going through the encyclopedia of careers. I started with accounting and now I'm moving on to acupuncture. Next, I'll pick a B word. And I was just pushed in that direction to become an accountant because it was made clear to me by the people that I grew up around that I had to make a good salary. And I started down that road because the richest person I knew when I was younger happened to be an accountant. And mm-hmm. that's the path I took. I, I did, I actually do love math. And so I thought accounting was math. I was wrong accounting is simple math and I should have probably been an engineer with complicated math and I was very unfulfilled I had about one year left uh, working on my bachelor's degree in accounting and I just could not enjoy it 
I really struggled to find fulfillment in it. And I felt like I was just working to make other people rich or to make me rich. And what I ended up doing is I sat down and thought to myself, what do I really love? What interests me? And I had always been interested in the human body. I've always found it fascinating and just it's amazing ability to heal. Imagine if you get a cut on your hand, how your body knows exactly what to do to prevent infection and stitch itself back together. And that's always fascinated me. I thought there were only two roads to helping people's bodies. One, by becoming an MD, and I have a terrible problem with blood so that just wasn't an option for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. or to become a massage therapist so I shared my grand plan with my sister that I wanted to do massage and she introduced me to a man who was going to teach a class and he is an acupuncturist it was the first I ever heard of it and he started describing the Chinese medicine way of looking at the body and it immediately clicked and from that one moment that I distinctly remember sitting on the floor, listening to his lecture, getting ready to try to massage somebody for the first time, I knew exactly from that moment that I needed to be a Chinese medicine doctor and be an acupuncturist. Very, very interesting. Now, there was the Japanese art, and I'm not going to begin. I'm looking at the word spelled out in front of me. I'm not going to begin to try to (laughs) pronounce this. I'll butcher it myself. So please tell us, what was that particular art form of massage? Yes. So um, it is called, and I probably don't pronounce it perfectly either, not speaking Japanese myself, but it is called Seifuku Jutsu. So Jutsu is... um, uh, muscle manipulation, a body manipulation, mm-hmm. the same as jujitsu, like we're familiar with Brazilian right. jujitsu. So it's mm-hmm. that same part of the word. And all jujitsu practices, which come from Japan, have that martial art aspect to it where you're learning to injure somebody or defend yourself. But every single practice has the highest level of martial art education is the healing practice. So you learn to defend yourself and be able to harm somebody with this movement practice, and then afterwards you know how to heal them and make it right again. Interesting. Now, myself being a martial artist of many years, although I haven't practiced for quite some time, but that was a very big part of it, is taking care of yourself and the healing mm-hmm. aspect of it, not just the damaging aspect to it. So that makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. So your background, your education came from where? Where did you start this uh, this process? I would say it really started when I was started practicing the Seifukujutsu massage, and I got a really basic understanding of just the Chinese medicine model. We did a lot with the five element um, part of Chinese medicine there. And that was in Reno, Nevada, where I'm originally from. And Mm -hmm. then I did go on to complete my bachelor's degree. I'm 
grateful that somebody talked me into doing that and not dropping out of school like I had wanted to. And I had a short career where I worked in analytics and I did some database programming for accounting programs. And then I didn't have any more excuses to stay in my hometown, of which there is no school to become an acupuncturist. So I started looking around, where would I want to live? Where would I want to go? And I chose California because California has some of, it's actually the second most difficult standard to get licensed in the United States. And I knew it at the time as the most difficult, but it turns out it's the second most difficult. And so I figured their schools must have a really strong standard of getting people, you know, through school and licensed. So I started looking at those schools, and I ended up choosing the number one school that they had the most you know, highly successful licensed acupuncturist coming out of that school. I applied. They accepted me. And that school is called Emperor's College, which is in Santa Monica, California. Now, I'm going to toot your horn for you, too, because if I'm not mistaken from my notes, you graduated magna cum laude, did you not? I did, yes. And I can be quite the overachiever sometimes. <laughs> So I actually, I just started my doctoral program. So this will be the final degree that I get. I say that now. I hope that I am done with my formal education when this program is over. But I did start just a couple weeks ago my Doctor of Traditional Chinese Medicine Education through a school called Five Branches University, which originally was my second pick for my master's program, and they are out of Santa Cruz, California. And my goal with that is to graduate summa cum laude. So let's work for that 4.0. Why does my gut tell me that, that that's more of a possibility or probability than a possibility? So I want to focus on a couple of areas of health because that's what you're all about. Because then we're going to jump into the meat of the matter, which is this, um, I had never heard the term until I heard your suit talk of hypnopuncture. But before we go there, your three main focuses, I know for a fact, are preventative health, which always is the best way to go, you know, stopping something before it starts. Of course, mental health and then reactionary medicine. Can you kind of give us a, a working definition for the layman? of what each one of these means and how you incorporate that into your practice. Absolutely. So you're right. Preventive health is the most important, in my opinion, and it's actually where Chinese medicine shines best. There's an old, an old way of doing things, and I'm talking old, like thousands of years old, mm-hmm. from the traditional Chinese medicine model where an acupuncturist or a TCM doctor like myself got paid when his patients would come in and do what I like to call tune-up treatments. They're doing well. It's just maintenance, just like you would get a tune-up on your car, change the oil on your car. That's when his patients would pay him. If the patient got sick, the doctor did not do his job right, 
and it was on him to make his patient well once again at no charge to the patient. And it really is where Chinese medicine is just so beautiful. Now, the third piece to that, and I'll come back to the middle, but the the reactionary medicine is what our United States medical model has been built on for a really long time now. And I'm starting to see a shift in the other direction where people want to prevent from getting sick or being unhealthy. But that takes into major certain things that account majorly in that. So we need to eat right. We need to move our bodies all the time. We need to get enough high-quality sleep. We need to take care of our mental health. We need to breathe well. All of these different things, there are so many pieces that play into that. And we're so used to getting sick or hurt and then going to the doctor. And I am finally starting to see, at least in my patients, the shift of people who are just coming in to continue to be well. They feel good now, and they want to continue feeling well, and they don't want to get sick. And then the mental Mm -hmm. health piece to that is just, especially in the last year and a half-ish that we've been going through, you know, what is probably the biggest challenge that we as a planet have collectively experienced, just making sure our mental health is taken care of, making it a priority to set boundaries and to spend time in nature, to spend time doing breathing exercises or meditating, doing the things that we love to do and with the people that we love to be around, just taking care of our mental health in those most basic ways is going to help all of us get through this challenging time. Interesting. Very, very much. And I've got uh, another handful of questions I want to jump into. But before we do that, I'm going to give you the opportunity because I'm sure you're going to incite some questions from um, uh, our listeners here. And if they wish to get a hold of you to get more information about this whole process, Please give out to our listeners what your contact, best contact information is for folks that are looking for further education. Absolutely. And that's, it's the primary tenet of my business is education. So I love educating people on what I know. And the best way to get a hold of me is probably through my website, which is empirewellnesscenter.com. So a bunch of words pushed together. And on there, it has access to my phone number. You can reach me via email. You can schedule a free consultation. You can schedule your first visit. So any of the ways to get in touch with me is just through that one little channel right there on my website. EmpireWellnessCenter.com. All righty. Well, we're going to take a brief break here uh, to honor our sponsors for the show. So uh, hang on, folks. Stay tuned with us here. We're going to go for right through the, the half hour here, but uh, here's a word from our sponsor. Thanks, John. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university 
founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. So thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and partners. And now, John, back to your show. All right, we're back on Fitness for Your Mind, Body, and Spirit with our leading lady, Charlene Lawrence, who is the Chief Executive Acupuncturist for Empire Wellness Center, all that being said now. Um, really simple, for those folks who aren't familiar with it, Charlene, how does acupuncture work? That's a common question. And I don't know if there are some super easy answers for that. I do have a handful because... We have so much science now that allows us to really know how acupuncture works on the body. And my favorite way to describe this is it has survived thousands of years. Three to 5,000 years is what we estimate how long acupuncture has been around. And to me, just the fact that it has stood the test of time means that it's useful and it works. But my favorite way to explain how acupuncture works is when everything is flowing smoothly in the body, and we can think about blood flow here. So energy flows through the blood, and if there are points where that stagnates, you're going to get a problem. So I like to explain that it's like turning on the garden hose. And if you just turn on the garden hose, and it's pulled out to its maximum length, and all the water is just flowing out perfectly smoothly, that is what we want. That is how we want the energy to flow through the body. Now, if you kink the hose, what happens is twofold. The water that cannot get past the kink gets stagnated. It gets backed up. It can't move through where it needs to get to. And then beyond the kink, no water is coming out, so it's deficient. It's like a, a low flow in your system. So acupuncture is really simple in that you just put a teeny tiny pin. I like to call them pins, not needles, because needles are big and scary, and they give us shots or they draw our blood, and this is so different from what we use in acupuncture you put this tiny little pin in a certain point on the body and it releases the kink in the garden hose so that all of the water can just flow smoothly once again. Great description of that. I, I Again, as I said, I have been the recipient of acupuncture for uh, with my local practitioner for over 20 years, going on 25 years, and I can't say enough about the process. That's usually my first go-to when it comes to just everyday ordinary aches and pains or illnesses or issues. And I, I resonate with the firm, uh, with the, the um, description you had of a tune-up because that's exactly what I say to my guy. I'll just say there's nothing in particularly wrong. I'm just looking for a tune-up. So <laughs> it's nice to yeah. hear that everybody uses that. So now I want to get into the, the major crux of this. What I'm most curious about, and I honestly really know nothing about it, you use the term 
hypnopuncture. Now, I believe this is something you went into a considerable amount of hours of training in a program in hypnotherapy, but how does that combine and give us a working description of where this specialty is taking you? What's that all about? I am glad you brought this up because hypnopuncture really is kind of my baby. I love acupuncture and Chinese medicine and medicine in general. I love studying how the body works and responds to different therapies. But a few years ago, I got to experience personally the effects of hypnotherapy, which has been around for a very long time. And some people may not, quote, believe in it, but it's still been proven. There's a lot of research papers that are written on the use of hypnotherapy and its effectiveness. I was fortunate to have a friend that is a very amazing hypnotherapist, and she did a session with me, and it was life-changing how 20 minutes being relaxed and given positive suggestions deep into my subconscious mind just helped change my outlook on the world. And it was shortly after that, I really started diving more into just the power of our minds. And that power can be used for good or bad. And for me, as an eternal optimist, why not use it to be, you know, make great things happen rather than focusing on the negative. And as I started diving into some of this research and just these incredible stories that people have of using their own mind to change their lives and change their health, I realized late one night, which everybody goes in and out of the hypnotic state all day, every day. We wake up in the hypnotic state and we fall asleep in the hypnotic state. So I was actually in hypnosis when I had this idea and thought to myself, what if I was able to combine hypnotherapy with acupuncture? So I get to do acupuncture on my patients. Then I get to put them into the hypnotic state while they still have the pins in their body and walk them through positive suggestions so that they can have a more active role in their own healing process. And I, I immediately, I shared it with a couple of entrepreneur friends of mine. And honestly, I, I first started questioning myself. Is this doable? Should I even try this? Are people going to think I'm crazy? And my entrepreneur friends that I shared it with all told me the same thing. They said, your face lights up when you talk about the possibility of this. And so I enrolled in a hypnotherapy school. It took me 18 months. I've spent just in school, I spent about 500 hours learning and practicing. And as soon as I learned how to put somebody into the hypnotic state, I began asking my patients if they wanted to give it a try. And the results were amazing. Not only were they getting much more relaxed treatments in general, which we know scientifically the more relaxed we are, the more restoration our bodies can have, the more healing they can do. And then they were sharing sometimes stories with me that were just 
so powerful that I would never have been able to know that that could happen. They were sharing stories of, you know, being visited in the hypnotic state by loved ones that had passed on and they were healing from those deep emotional traumas that they maybe hadn't gotten access to healing like that with anyone else. And so I just ran with it. I really did. And now I get the opportunity to teach other acupuncturists the hypnotherapy piece of it so that they can start doing it with their patients too. This is truly fascinating. And while you were talking, I just had all kinds of thoughts and ideas running through my mind. And what you say resonates with me personally, and I'm sure hundreds of our listeners out there can can identify with that. So I'm glad you were able to put that so eloquently and so uh, concisely about what that's all about. Um, You know, a simple question comes up, you know, how do people find a right practitioner? Because obviously not everybody can get to Recho Cucamonga, which is where you are from, but what should people look for in an acupuncture or for a doctor or anybody for along those lines? But how do they track down or, you know, qualify or quantify that practitioner they're looking to get help from? That is an excellent question, and I'm so glad you asked. Now, there I will throw out a website. I don't know how actively it's used any longer, but years ago when I became a licensed acupuncturist, there was a website called AccuFinder. So Accu, the first part of acupuncture, and then finder.com. And licensed acupuncturist or whatever it's called in your state, that could be a registered acupuncturist, um, a doctor of acupuncture, whatever they're called, could register themselves on that directory. So that could be one place to start. But of course, I mean, we have Google, we have search engine tools. So go ahead and start typing in, you know, acupuncture near me or something. And what I recommend is looking for a few things. You don't necessarily need to find somebody that's been licensed and practicing for many, many, many years because there are amazing acupuncturists coming out of school and everyone has to start somewhere. What you are going to want to check in with is you can always verify that person's license. And I recommend this with any doctor. If you're going to have a surgery or anything like that, make sure your doctor is licensed. And I know in California, at the California Acupuncture Board website, You can look up to verify that a person is under active license, and it will also show you if they have any dings against their license. And so that could be somebody, um, you know, got sued or something like that. So if you see those kinds of dings on a person's active license, you might want to investigate further why that is. And if you don't like what you see, find somebody else, especially in the state of California, There are thousands, tens of thousands of us (laughs) um, practicing in the state, so I don't think anybody would have a difficult time. And just see who you resonate with. Talk to somebody. Does it sound like they have your best interest at heart? 
And I would recommend that with any doctor that you're going to see. And just make sure that they are out to make sure that you are doing well. And it's not just the simple revolving door of getting people in, getting people out. Yeah, you you can have that. Uh, you can get that with the sixth sense of when you're looking for any service provider. I, I was even thinking something as simple as changing the oil in your car. I mean, I'm going to check out and vet everybody I take my uh, my vehicle to, and even more so when it comes down to my human body. So those are great suggestions you have there. We're really down to our last couple minutes of the show. So before I forget, one more time, uh, Charlene, please give out your contact information because I'm certain there are people that are going to have the show resonate with them and want to reach out for further education. So what's that best contact again? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to just visit my website, empirewellnesscenter.com, and there are multiple ways on there. You can, if you want to call me, text me, email me, whatever your favorite form of communication is on that website. Okay, so I got a quick question here and try to keep your answer uh, at or under a minute if you can as I'm watching the clock tick. But uh, give us your favorite, um, you know, story you had of an amazing recovery or toot your own Mm -hmm. horn. Tell me uh, what's the most outstanding story in your brain of success in, in your practice? The most powerful story I have is one of a young man who came in for hypnopuncture, he was using meth and had lost custody of his daughter. And at the time he started seeing me, he was not ready to admit that he had a drug problem. And so I did some hypnopuncture with him. And after that first visit, when I saw him two days later, he came in and admitted he had a drug problem, admitted himself into a rehab. Now he's working towards getting his daughter back. And that is a huge success story. So all that being said, as we're winding down to the end of our show, I want to thank our leading lady, Charlene Lawrence, for joining us here today on this fascinating subject matter. This has been your Friday edition of Women Lead Radio with John Burroughs, your host, Finance of America. And I'd like to say thank you again. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. We'll be back again for another Woman Lead Radio Show Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been a sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thanks for listening, and have a great week, folks. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.